Hello, and welcome to another episode of Fireside Poems. I'm Dr. J. February is Black History Month, and so these next four weeks, in addition to poems dealing with slavery by Longfellow and John Greenleaf Whittier, I'll be sharing poems by two black American poets. Today's poem is Those Winter Sundays by Robert Hayden. Robert Hayden was born in Detroit, Michigan in 1913 in the black neighborhood called Paradise Valley, a culturally important neighborhood that thrived even through the Great Depression until it and the adjacent neighborhood Black Bottom, named by Detroit's first French settlers for the rich soil of the Detroit River's floodplain, were raised in 1950 for what has since been called Urban Renewal's first fiasco. The residents of Paradise Valley and Black Bottom were forced into the 12th Street neighborhood that later became the flashpoint of the Detroit riot of 1967. But even while Paradise Valley thrived at the time Robert Hayden was growing up there, there were still family troubles. Robert's parents separated before he was born, and he was taken in by a neighboring family which had a number of foster children. Robert took the last name of this foster father, William Hayden, and it is this father that those winter Sundays remembers. Though more stable than his birth household, this foster household was not without its own troubles owing to William Hayden's temper. But there was love as well, Let's listen. Those Winter Sundays by Robert Hayden Sundays, too, my father got up early and put his clothes on in the blue-black cold. Then, with cracked hands that ached from labor in the weekday weather, made banked fires blaze. No one ever thanked him. I'd wake and hear the cold splintering, breaking. When the rooms were warm, he'd call and slowly I would rise and dress, fearing the chronic angers of that house, speaking indifferently to him, who had driven out the cold and polished my good shoes as well. What did I know, what did I know of love's austere and lonely offices? What did I know of love's austere and lonely offices, the older poet asks, of his adolescent self, growing up with a formidable father who nevertheless was up in the morning darkness to stoke the furnace that hadn't run all through the cold Detroit winter night, and to shine the best shoes of his children, both his own and not his own, to get them ready for church. Though the meaning of offices can be understood even if its usage here isn't familiar, I looked it up in the American Heritage Dictionary I was given as a high school graduation present by an aunt 50 years ago. Portic language is exact, and the more exactly you know its words, the more power they have. Office, definition 5 reads, often offices, a service or beneficial act done for another. Love's austere and lonely offices. Since I had the dictionary open, I looked up austere as well, though I pretty much know what it means. I found three definitions, 
all related, but not the same. 1. Severe or stern, somber, an austere Puritan minister. 2. Strict or severe in discipline, a nomad's austere life. 3. Without adornment, bare, austere living quarters. I'm not sure which definition most applies. Perhaps you can tell me. Let's listen again. Those Winter Sundays by Robert Hayden Sundays, too, my father got up early and put his clothes on in the blue-black cold. Then, with cracked hands that ached from labor in the weekday weather, made banked fires blaze. No one ever thanked him. I'd wake and hear the cold splintering, breaking. When the rooms were warm, he'd call, and slowly I would rise and dress, fearing the chronic angers of that house, speaking indifferently to him who had driven out the cold and polished my good shoes as well. What did I know, what did I know of love's austere and lonely offices? When I read this poem, I sometimes think not about a hard father whose love is unappreciated by an adolescent son, but of a student I had not so long ago. She had come 300 miles north from the Bronx neighborhood that was her home to study at the Snowbound State College where I taught. It was the first semester of her freshman year, and our class, a general education course called Visions of America, met at 8 a.m. I asked her if she was having difficulty getting up so early. No, she said and then explained that when she'd been assigned her high school when she was 14, a clerical mistake had been made that sent her to a school in a completely different part of the city, requiring her to take public transportation with two or three changes to get there on time. Despite having to get up so much earlier, 5 a.m., even ahead of her father, she asked her mother not to fix the misassignment. Everyone at her new school spoke Spanish, she explained, and she'd never been around Spanish people, her term for Spanish-speaking people. She'd never been around Spanish people before and wanted to learn about them. Now, here she was in a world far more different, with all her teachers and most of her classmates white, and the streets mostly quiet and dark and a little scary at night at least to her, having grown up in the city. But she was just as enthusiastic. Her classes were harder, and she was working hard to get B's and C's, but she was determined to get those up to A's and B's, and I have no doubt that she did. I only saw her once or twice after the end of the semester. She still had her enthusiastic smile and had chosen the major which she liked a lot more than her general education courses. Something in the social sciences, I think, which would lead to a job in social services. I hope you enjoyed those winter Sundays, and that you'll join me again next week for another episode of Fireside Poems. If you think others might enjoy Fireside Poems, please let them know about it through your social media so that they might join you 
and me each week by the fireside.